I know you think you have to keep running and win at all costs, but you, you got to know this. The show is starting right now. Welcome to episode 39 of Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone. I hope that you've been enjoying all of the extra content that has come out over the past week. But today, you are going to hear the story of a fan from Central America and how she found and fell in love with Iron Maiden only to disappear for 30 years. Now, before we can go too far here, I must thank those that have shared the show's episodes over the last week. Sharing Iron Maiden stories installment 10 on Twitter were the following kind folks. The Weekend Warrior from Sussex, England. Andy from Falkirk, UK. Luis from Venezuela. Melissa from Boston the Liverpool duo of Don McIntyre and Stephanie Jane Grey, who will from here forward just be known as the Liverpool duo. (laughs) James Frazier, the Kiwi from New Zealand, Cliff Webb from Earth, Andrea IGV from Venezuela, and Paul from Boston. On Facebook, it was shared by Joel from Guthrie, Oklahoma, Melissa from Boston, and Don McIntyre from Liverpool, England. Also sharing my Bark at the Moon Side 1 episode on Facebook were Thomas Ray from Fort Worth, Texas, Melissa from Boston, and the Liverpool duo of Stephanie Jane Gray and Don McIntyre. On Twitter, it was shared by the Liverpool duo again, and by Andy from Falkirk, UK. Now, less than 12 hours ago uh, from me talking this second, I released a very special edition in memory of Eddie Van Halen. And so if you share it after that point or after this point right now, then you're just going to miss out on this world-renowned thing that you get to hear on my show. So it was shared on Facebook by the Liverpool Duo. And on Twitter, it was also shared again by the Liverpool duo, the weekend warrior himself, Andrew Whitnall, a guy that lives in Australia, as well as the world-famous Kiwi from New Zealand, James Fraser. Thank you so much to everyone for listening, 
and for sharing all of these episodes. Okay, let's get to the story that you have been waiting for. I am doing another episode. Yes, another episode of Fan Feedback. And today, I have someone that is from Central America, a little bit north of where Luis was from. She doesn't live there now, but originally from Costa Rica, currently resides in Italy. I have Alejandra on the phone. Did I say that right? (laughs) That's perfect, yes. How are (laughs) you doing? Thank you very much. I'm doing really well. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, I will sound like a Spanish speaker. Alejandra. <laughs> Alejandra. <laughs> uh, that's good. Okay, so um, we've been chatting a little bit already, so uh, kind of about what we're going to talk about and just talking mm-hmm. about a lot of lot of uh, in, things going on in our lives in the past and everything like that. So um, I'll get right into it because obviously um, you listen to my podcast because you like Iron Maiden and you're a big Iron Maiden fan, so that's why you're here. Um, mm-hmm. Now, but before we get there, I've never, you're the first person in my life that I've, that I know of that I've ever talked to from Central America. Right. And your email, you said some really interesting things about what it was like uh, musically growing mm-hmm. up in, in Costa Rica. And if you wouldn't mind, just share a little bit about that. Right. So, so yeah, as, uh, as you said, I am originally from Costa Rica, which is um, a small country in, in Central America. And uh, uh, back in the 80s, when metal was becoming popular there too, it was, it was quite hard, I have to say, being a metal fan there, because we didn't get access to a lot of the, the music that, you know, metal fans had in the United States. Uh, for example, I, I wrote in my, in my email that I sent you first that um, it was really hard to get um, a, a wide variety of, uh, uh, of records, for example. I mean, they would, um, uh, you could find records from the most popular bands uh, there. I mean, of course, uh, Bon Jovi at the time, you know, was really big and, I don't know, Europe and uh, other bands like that. But it was really difficult to find uh, records by lesser known bands and um, one of the things that that happened was that you know the records that we got um, weren't uh, let's say the same records that were sold in the United States um, there was a local record company that would um, say reproduce of course legally you know the the mm-hmm. records to sell them in the local market and so that meant that we, we would also get you know lesser 
quality uh, you know products in, in the sense that uh, for example I was telling you right that um, my cousin bought uh, a copy of um, uh, Europe's uh, the final countdown and he bought a, a, an imported copy from the United States and and if you saw it for example it had the name of the band in relief and it was really cool you know like even the colors the quality of the print you know yeah. you had the the inner sleeves with the with the lyrics and uh, photographs of the band and what have you and if we got like if, if I went to a local record store to get the the copy that was produced locally then what you would get was simply you know the the name of the band printed on cardboard and the cardboard wasn't you know <laughs> even really that good quality and and instead of a, a an inner leave with the lyrics you would get like a plastic bag and <laughs> you know <laughs> things like that so yeah it, it was really it was really hard to come across you know um uh, a lot of uh, of these records. There was, however, um, uh, a record store in the capital that would sell these imported copies. So that's where we all went. You know, if if you wanted to get uh, the what we call the original, right, the the, the 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 copies that were imported from the United States with all these goodies, um, then you went to this uh, one uh, record store. And a few years later, a second one opened. Uh, so that's what I went. You know, I went there with my with my cousins all the time, and that's where we went to to buy okay. our records. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's cool. That's that's wild mm -hmm. to think about that because I guess I guess being living here in the United States is we're just spoiled. So <laughs> um, exactly, yeah. You have no. I mean, um, yeah. Another another thing we 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 did was to go and buy um for i mean uh, another thing was we we didn't get a lot of uh, information as to you know what what bands what new bands there were what or when uh, new records were coming out all these things you know it was really hard to 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 be a metal fan back then because uh, in costa rica i mean because we didn't get a lot of information um uh, and uh, we would buy magazines, for example. We would go to um, to again, uh, you know, uh, newspaper stands that would sell uh, imported magazines from the United States. So we would yeah. get, you know, Metal Edge, Hit Parader, you know, right. all these kinds of uh, of metal magazines. And that's how we we found out about, you know, when a new record was coming out or, or when there was a new band that was making it big in the states. You know, things like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. Before, uh, obviously, there was a certain point in your life where you where you got into heavier music like Iron Maiden. Mm -hmm. But before that happened, what kind of music mm -hmm. were you listening to? Well, I I I think I was listening to whatever was on the radio, you know, like pop music. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I remember being a great fan of Wham <laughs> and George Michael. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think that like my first ever vinyl that I bought was was a wham uh <laughs> record <laughs> as embarrassing as that can can be i can edit that out <laughs> if you want me to <laughs> right <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so so yeah i mean but you know I, I was also a lot into into you know like hard rock bands like journey and sticks you know night okay. ranger for example yeah. foreigner and so i think that was a like a natural progression right into into heavier things uh sure uh, sure Got yeah. you more into guitar sounds and things like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, <laughs> eventually I've been came to... around. Eventually came around. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, well, it's something I've I've had a couple of people say to me, and and maybe you can maybe this will ring true with you too. Well, first, like I've I've tried to remember what I listened to before, and 
these are the, the albums that I've come up with so far are I had a copy of a Beatles album called Rubber Soul, mm-hmm. which was middle range when they were a little more rock and roll than they were poppy. And, and it was before they were psychedelic. Uh, mm-hmm. I had Purple Rain by Prince. I had an album called uh, Sports by Huey Lewis and the News. Huey Lewis, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and this album is the one, the most embarrassing album <laughs> to me when I, when I think about it was I had this album by this band called the Thompson Twins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I, I, I listened to the Thompson Twins as well. Yeah, yes. and I remember, I, but I remember only liking one song on it, and it was, it was a song called Hold Me Now. I remember liking Hold me that now. a lot. Yes. Yeah, because it had, it had pretty good uh, harmonies on it. But um, I know a friend of mine told me this uh, yesterday, and then someone else, I think Alan said it to me when I had him on, that there was a certain point where he was listening to music, and, and he didn't, he 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 felt like he wanted more, but he just wasn't sure what more was. Mm-hmm. He's like he said, but when I heard, like he said, for him it was when he heard the number of the beast, and um, a friend of mine he was telling me it was when he heard Van Halen. It was like it was so much just different than you know hearing something like Boston or Night Ranger or Sticks or mm-hmm. or even mm-hmm. like for me hearing the Beatles or Huey Lewis in the news. It was like when I heard. When I started hearing things heavier like Kiss and Twisted Sister and Quiet Ride, it was like, mm. it really just, it was like it grabbed my shoulders and just started shaking me and like, here it is, here it is what you want. What was it that, what was it that uh, did it that for you, that, that, that grabbed you? Right. I, I don't know if I can pinpoint, you know, like a specific moment or a specific band or song that, that really uh, drew me in. I mean, I, I remember that at the time, you know, um, we were also starting to get MTV in mm-hmm. Costa Rica. And in order to watch MTV, you had to have cable TV. Yeah. And so not everybody had access to cable. But fortunately for me, <laughs> my cousins <laughs> did. Okay, they, they had cable and they had a VCR, which was, again, you know, a great, yeah. a great luxury back in the day. So um, yeah. so I think that was it. You know, um, uh, I know that my older, my, one of my older cousins was the first one, let's say, in the family that started listening to metal because he was already into it. By the time my my female cousins and I uh, got into it, so I know that, that he had already been listening, you know, to things like Metallica and uh, oh. and Dio and things like that, you know, because he had a, his whole record collection already, and um, and yeah, we all started, you know watching MTV. I remember they would record Headbangers Ball and yeah. either we would watch it together uh, during the week or sometimes I would just come over and stay, you know, on a Saturday evening so we could watch it. And, uh, oh, yeah. And I think that that's how it started. But yeah, of course, I, um, you know, there there were some some metal bands that were going more mainstream, as you said, like Quiet Riot and Twisted Sister, for example, that would play also, you know, on on normal radio, let's say. Uh, and and that, you know, I, I'm sure that I I was listening to the, to them too, and that I was liking, you know, that kind of sound, that kind of heavier yeah. rock. And yeah, I think it was it was all. Um, from there, you know, it, it all started from there. Um, okay, mm-hmm. that, that's funny because um, I have a cousin that, and I mean, and, and it's funny because living here in the United States, I we never had cable. I mean, my family didn't. We didn't never have cable growing up. I the only way I got to watch MTV or the the uh, Headbangers Ball was I had a cousin. They had cable, and I would either spend the night at his house and watch it, or he'd mm-hmm. record it, and I, I'd take home the VCR and tape and watch it at home and. <laughs> it's funny because it, now, okay, that, that, but that, that definitely takes me back to that. 
So <laughs> w- what was the first uh, like more hard rock type album that you ever got? So I think um uh, I think it was the the first uh, metal album that I ever bought uh, for myself was Def Leppard's Pyromania. That was okay. uh, yeah. So again, you know, probably because of Headbangers Ball, you know, I had started uh, listening to them and uh, oh, and yeah. yeah, when I had when I had enough money, you know, because again, this 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 imported rec- like you would have never been able to get a a, a local printed you know copy of Pyromania that like this local company w- w- was not releasing even that kind of you know uh, of music uh, on their label. So uh, I had to go to the shop that I was telling you about and I had to buy uh, uh, an imported copy. So uh, you know this important the copies could cost uh, twice or three times as much as oh, wow. as the local ones and so you you really had to you know save your allowance and <laughs> you know when you had enough <laughs> money then you you went and and you bought uh, your your copy of uh, of the record that you wanted uh, or sometimes you know they had they had sometimes like a they had like a book i remember they had like a book that was thick as a you know like a, a phone book like a, a phone directory and you yeah. could go in there and and it had something like an isbn you know for books like there was yeah. a number that was attached to the yeah to the records so you could go and you could order uh, a specific uh, a specific one that you wanted but it would take like a month for them to get it for you because then i had to bring it from the united states and all that you know <laughs> Back in the day, you didn't have, you know, couriers and, you know, sure. all the things that we have now. So, so it was, yeah, it, it took a while if you were looking for a specific record that they didn't have already uh, in the stores. So, so yeah, um, for me, I think that was the first, the first one, uh, Pyromania. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. people, kids nowadays, and, and even in the last, I guess, 20 years, the internet has made you know, brought everything to our finger. I mean, you driving around with a phone in your hand somewhere, mm-hmm. you have a phone in your hand and you've got the world at your fingertips. You can find anything you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could go on YouTube right now and type in Iron Maiden, the Soundhouse tapes, and it'll pop up a ver- you know, a recorded version. You can sit there and listen to it right there. Whereas back in the day, you 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 only will hear. I mean, I'd go to a record store and I'd start looking around. Let's see what mm-hmm. they got. And you just luck of the draw but um so okay so from Def Leppard when did you first hear Iron Maiden or when did you first hear of Iron Maiden right so um my the first Maiden album that I ever listened to was Live After Death which is why I was telling you you know in one of those tweets that we have a lot in common in our Maiden stories because I know that was your first uh Live, uh, Live After Death was your first one too, and I didn't actually buy it, but it was it was a present from my uncle, you okay. know. And and when I say my uncle, I mean he he was only a, a few years my senior because um, I mean you should know that my father has a very large uh, family. Uh, yeah. He has about ten brothers and sisters, and he's the oldest. Oh wow! <laughs> That's so. Yeah, there there was like a twenty five or thirty year difference between him and my youngest uncle, which is okay, this one that I'm okay. telling you about. So um, I remember, yeah, being a teenager, and and I have been trying to to remember the exact timeline and how old I was at the time, but I I think I must have been something like 14 or 15 probably when i used to go to my grandma's house and and spend a lot of time with him we would just hang out in his room and listen to music you know and it's not and he had this copy of life after death and and he gave it to me he gave it to me along with a copy of uh, back in black by acdc okay. 
But the funny thing about this copy is that um, he or someone else, I don't know who, had done, and I know it's a sacrilege, <laughs> they had <laughs> cut off the, the cover of, yeah. the, of the record. So, I mean, it, it had no cover. It, it, I remember it was the, the, the gatefold. I mean, it was, I, I can't remember either if, if it was, uh, you know, an imported copy of, of, or a locally produced one. Um, but um, I remember it did have the, the inner sleeves, you know, with all the photographs and all of yeah. that, and it had the back cover intact. But the, the front cover uh, was gone. Okay, like somebody had cut it off probably to use as a poster of, sure. or to, you know, something like that. And so he gave it to me, and, and with the first thing I did was try and, and rebuild it. Okay, so I bought sure. a, a piece of blue card word and i i even drew the you know the iron maiden because i i did know uh about iron maiden of course i mean i had heard the name of the band and uh you know i knew they were heavy metal and and, and everything um but uh, i had never actually listened to their music until that point so i did uh, you know i drew the the log of the band i knew the log of the band and i drew it myself and everything and this <laughs> is still back home i'm gonna tell my mom to take a picture of it and i'll I'll post oh, it on wow. Twitter one of these days. I was, I was wondering that. I thought I, I thought yeah. she probably doesn't have it anymore. Oh, that's yeah, great. no, no, I do, I do, I have it. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that was the the first time I ever listened to Iron Maiden. So yeah, I think probably Aces High was the the first song that I ever okay heard. Okay. From. So yeah, because so you, mm -hmm. you you get this album and mm -hmm. and and I've got a friend actually a family that we're friends with and they, their family sounds like that too. It's like there's a the oldest brother all the way down to the youngest kid. And then mm -hmm. one of the girls uh, is a friend of my wife and she has a son and the son is the same age as his uncle, who is his mom's brother. Like they're like right. a year apart. So yeah, I totally <laughs> mm -hmm. understand that. Um, yeah. Now, okay. So you first hear Aces High, you turn on, you go, you go home, you put out, you put the album on. So mm -hmm. immediately, are you immediately floored or were you kind of like, Oh, this is weird or what? No, I mean I, I loved it. I remember I remember loving the song and I remember loving, you know, everything that I was hearing. Yeah, I listened to to Trooper, um, you know, yeah. Revelations, but I think I think it was when I got to Flight of Icarus, you know, and as as Luis said uh, really well the last uh, in 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 the last episode that I that I've listened to of your podcast that's when I got maidenized maidenized exactly <laughs> I got maidenized when I listened I love to that term. <laughs> yeah so yeah that that for me was was it i mean um i was always i, I was always um reading uh, greek uh, mythology when i was a child you know i i love yeah. greek mythology and so for me you know having that you know uh, being able to combine these two things, you know, Greek mythology with with metal, and I had this, yeah. you know, this great band that had written this song, you know, for me, it, it all came together, and, and I think that's what really drew me to them. And it's something that I still really like about Iron Maiden is is the fact that you know, uh, the the subject matter matter of their songs and their lyrics are are uh, so interesting. You know, they they mm -hmm. go beyond what you know a lot of the the bands at the time were were writing about. You know, sometimes I listen to to some of the songs that uh, that I used to listen back then, and I just I cringe literally. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, um, yeah, funny. I I cannot I cannot listen to that anymore. You know, I I, I uh, a well, few years it, have passed, and and yeah, they yeah. don't hit in the same way. In a way, it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier, a little bit about Van Halen. You know, it's mm -hmm. like Iron Maiden's lyrics. You can learn you can learn about things and. Mm -hmm. it, 
And if you listen to a band like Van Halen, which, you know, I know they have their place, but I can only listen to so much about partying and girls and, and, Mm -hmm. and all that. It's just like after a while, it's, it's funny though, because, and I'm, I'm sure you've heard me tell this story, but you know, I was riding with my daughter in the car one day, you know, and we're listening to flight of Icarus and she's just like, I, I just watched a video about this in school. And I'm like, about what? Uh It's like this song, (laughs) the Icarus we we want. And I was like, how, I was like, how often are you ever going to hear that from a kid? You know, I learned about this, this met Mm -hmm. this iron, this heavy metal band. I learned about their song in school or, you know, the subject of their song. It's pretty Mm -hmm. wild. Oh, the other thing is, I'm gonna. I think I might start using the term "maidenized." I'm I might start using that in my <laughs> podcast. I'm gonna just say, so, "Tell me when you got maidenized." <laughs> yeah, that's a, exactly. yeah. You're. I loved it when he said that. I was like, "That's perfect. That's a great word." Um, yeah. Okay, so and I obviously I looked through your email. You know, mm-hmm. I, I usually when someone emails me, I, if they if they send me a lot of details, I I try to kind of take some notes and everything. So it sounds like it was around this time that you were you were trading tapes with friends and you mm-hmm. you did this thing in a in a magazine the the thing that you told me about yeah. this you tell me tell about that cuz i thought that was i remember that and i haven't thought of it in so long yeah um yeah as i said you know one of one of the things we we did in order to to be updated was to you know every month we we went to uh to a bookshop and and we tried to to get a hold of the you know all the metal magazines that they had there so they had metal edge i remember they had hit parader circus, circus yeah. rip <laughs> okay oh yeah all rip magazines and um, I remember it was uh, specifically Metal Edge that had a, a pen pal section. Uh-huh. And so, I mean, there, there were like two or three pages every month where, uh, you know, there were lists of people. So you would write, you know, write your name, your address, and then you would write a list of the bands that, that you liked. So you would go, th- you know, through the list. And if you found somebody that shared more or less your, your same tastes, then you would write to this person and start, you know, exchanging uh, tapes and, you know, posters and what have you. That's so, cool. That is so yeah. cool. So I had lots of friends in the United States and in other parts of the world. And at a certain point, I sent my own name and they published it. So I started yeah. getting lots of responses too. I started getting lots of, of letters. Actually, you know that um, I had a friend in New Zealand. And when I first heard of James, I knew it was a long shot, you know, but I, I did write to him and I said, James, by any chance, did you ever correspond with someone from Costa Rica? Because <laughs> I, I used to have a friend in, in New Zealand. And I actually, I still have, you know, I still have their letters. I still have their photographs of a lot of, of these oh, people, wow. you know, uh, and a lot of the tapes that they sent me because for me, they were, they were precious, you know. They were my, one of the few, let's say, um, uh, ways that I had to to get to know new bands because as you said you know now I go on Spotify if I hear you know there's a new there's a new record out or there's a uh, a new song out or, or a band that somebody recommends I just go and type it on on Spotify and it pops yeah. up you know back in the day uh, you either had to buy the record you know blindly sometimes if if you had never seen uh, oh, yeah. a video or heard the the song that you would just go and buy it and it would be what it would be you know maybe yeah. it was a oh, yeah. good one or sometimes maybe you just had thrown your money away but um yeah that happened to me with a faster pussy cat um yeah i bought i bought their first album because i had because i had heard guns and roses and la guns and i liked them 
But yes. I did not like Faster Pussycat, so. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I, mean, I like basketball, <laughs> but that was it. Yes, the rest of the record wasn't That's that good. Funny. So, so yeah, you know, I um That's really uh, cool because that's that old, that's while. a really old school thing now. And I, yeah. I I I told somebody I said in a way that's a little bit like how it feels connecting with different people like that I've talked to on my podcast. I said it's almost exactly. like yeah. you're making mm-hmm. these friends from all over the world mm-hmm. just randomly like cuz I was talk we we went and ate dinner with someone last night and I was telling her I said, "Oh yeah, I'm. I got. I'm going to be talking to this girl uh, tomorrow on my podcast." And I said, "She she lives in Italy." And she's like, "Oh wow, that's pretty cool." And how'd you meet her? And I'm like, "Oh, on Twitter." And I I said, "I've had people from New Zealand and the Netherlands and mm-hmm. you know Scotland and Europe. I mean, uh, not Scotland, Europe, uh, Scotland, England, Australia, and just all these places, uh, Venezuela." And and I'm, she's just like, "Wow, that's really wild." And I, it, but it, it feels kind of like that that pen palace kind of thing, like. Except it's online pen pals and it's, everything's inter- instant instead of exactly, waiting yeah. for a letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's why it feels so so natural. Let's say to me, I don't know. It it's the same thing that I was doing when I was fifteen. Only that now is on the internet, you know. And yeah. but but it's it's uh, it's the same feeling. Let's say and the same uh, the same idea, right? Of connecting with uh, people who have your same, uh, you know, your same interests. But exactly. everywhere in the world. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's really it's really cool. And like and and I know you said it earlier, uh, and I've had multiple people say it to me, you know, I don't have anybody that I can, you know, talk to about mm-hmm. Iron Maiden or or even a lot of the bands. I have mm-hmm. a few friends, you know, that but not not I don't have a lot of close personal friends. I mean, but now mm-hmm. I do. Now I mean I mean there's days where um one day a week or so ago, I just I Andrew Whitnall, I just sent him a message. I said, Hey, because I work mm-hmm. over, I work overnights here. I said, "Hey, man, if you got time to talk, give me a call." He calls me. Right. We talk on the phone for an hour while I'm at work. Uh, same mm-hmm. thing with Alan from uh, originally from Scotland. I talk to him. I try to just talk to different people because I'm like, if I hit it off with somebody, I'm like, once we any and and and, and I'll say this to anybody that listens to my podcast: if we've spoken before, if you ever want to talk to me, send me a message because I'm a, I work all kinds of hours. So, <laughs> and it's it's a way to really. Uh, I, I I told I think I was telling Andrew this. Uh, maybe I, you might not know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, Weekend Warrior. You know, yes, I know Warrior. exactly who you. Are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's he's him and Andrew Whitnall, Weekend Warrior, just yeah. sitting on and mess with one another. But I, I told him I said I said you know I always tell people I feel like I'm making friends with people and I was like but the way you make friends with people is you have to try to maintain a relationship and I said it's it's hard to make friends with someone that lives 10,000 miles away from you. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not just like, yeah. you can. but I said, you know, even like this, it's, I'm talking to you, you're in Italy. I'm in Texas. It's just like, eh, we're just on the phone. It's like, we're, it's funny. You know, it's just yeah. funny how technology is. But anyway, I go mm-hmm. to, I go total. I can talk forever. So, <laughs> so the first album that you ever owned by Iron Maiden was live after death. So yes. what was the first studio album that you ever had? Okay, so um, yeah, right after that, um, I think it. it I, I can't remember exactly. Like, like I was saying before, I'm trying to think of the timeline, but I, I can't remember if Somewhere in Time was already out or mm-hmm. if it was about to come out. I mean, the only thing I know is that that was the first album that I went to the to the store and I and I actually bought. <laughs> so okay. it must have been. Yeah, I mean, it, it was shortly after. I, I'm. I'm sure of that. Shortly after I, I listened to Live After Dead, so it had either you know just come out or 
close enough. Yeah, or yeah. Um, so, so yeah. So what Somewhere did you think when you heard it? You 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 saw it. You bought it. What did you think? I was blown away. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was blown away. I I loved it. Uh, but like I was I was telling you uh, earlier, you know, I I heard a lot of negative things about it too at the same time, and it was it was really you know it gave me mixed feelings because I thought, wow, I'm listening to this album that I love by Iron Maiden, you know, but a lot of the fans from Iron Maiden don't like it. So I, I was just questioning myself. I mean, like. Uh, yeah. Whether you know it was because I didn't know about Iron Maiden enough, uh, and and so I, I liked it, or 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 yeah. what you know, in in turning you know, in 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 uh, you know, with with all the years that have passed, and in 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 uh, starting to listen to Iron Maiden now uh, again uh, this year, I um, I'm, I was gladly surprised to see that actually that album is considered one of the best, and a lot of people like it. So I feel uh, yeah. a little vindicated. You know, I feel that <laughs> I wasn't that I wasn't all that wrong then in in, in liking it. Yes, um, I I absolutely love that album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think when it comes to music like that, you have to really be willing. It's because everybody's ears are different. Because you have to, you have to really almost be able to stand your ground if you like something or don't like it, and, mm-hmm. and say, "Look, if I like it, I'm always willing to give things a chance." But mm-hmm. after the chance is over, I'm like, "Okay, you know, I'll give it up." And maybe maybe a bunch of years later, I'll check something out again. But which is can be good, it can be bad, which you're going to attest to here in just a minute for me. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what did you think? Okay, you heard somewhere in time. What was your mm-hmm. Like if you went and listened to it, what was your like back then? Even what was your favorite song? Like, did you have anything that stood out the most, or all of it? Or? Yeah, yes, I think back then and to this day, uh, the loneliness of the long distance runner has oh. always been one of my favorite songs. Yes, uh, you know. It, Strangely enough, back then, um, "Stranger in a Strange Land" was probably one of my least favorite songs in yeah. the album, but now it's one of my. I mean, I have come around okay. uh, completely, but I mean, I, 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 I've always liked all the songs in the album. I, I don't see there's any, any fillers, any, any weak songs. I love that album mm-hmm. from beginning to end, and I would always play it from beginning to end without uh, skipping any. Um, of course, you know, with time, there are some songs that you that you listen to more, or because they are more popular, like "Wasted Years," for example. Yeah. Um, it's a song that uh, often comes up in in playlists, or you know, or that they play live or things like that so you, you kind of get a bit tired of, of listening to them sure, and you tend to sure. to move on to the you know less uh, known songs so so as of late you know yeah loneliness sea of madness uh, oh, yeah, alexander yeah. the great of course is yeah is one of my of my favorites and you know what funny thing though uh that uh, when i used to buy a a record the, the first thing that i did was get home and um I would put it on tape, you know, I would record it on tape mm-hmm. because I didn't have access to the turntable all the time. I was using my father's mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, sometimes he was listening to music and so I couldn't use it or so, or, or you know, uh, because I was going out, I wanted to listen to it on my Walkman or, you know, in my yeah. room. Um, so I would always record the the... The, the the vinyl on on a tape uh, and I would use for example let's say a 40 you know a 90 minute one so it was 45 minutes on each side so with somewhere in time it was you know because the the record is probably a little bit longer maybe like 47 48 minutes yeah, yeah. Uh, long <laughs> so I I didn't record <laughs> no the ending of Alexander <laughs> 
<laughs> I didn't record the ending of Alexander the Great. You know, it was it was only like halfway through, probably the second chorus, and then it yeah. would it would stop. You know, it, it something funny happened because um, you know you know I'm an English teacher. And uh, one day I was teaching this student. I don't know. He was a he was a professor at a university or something like that. And I don't know why uh, the the topic came came up. You know, of Alexander the Great. And so we were talking, and and he was really impressed about all the things that I knew. And I was like, oh yeah, you know, three three four BC. You know, and by the yeah, he utterly the, beat the, the armies Yacardus, of Persia. Yeah, the Yacardus River. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So he was really impressed, and then he was like. Uh, so, um, oh, but I, I can't remember how Alexander the Great died. And I was like, oh, shoot, you know, I, I never listened to the ending yeah. of that song. <laughs> You're like, oh, I, I know a little bit. Yeah. I should like, have listened what? to the ending of that song. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I think he, it's funny that you say it like that, because I remember one time uh, uh, James James told me that he was at work or something at some place in the past, and that they did the they did some kind of crossword puzzle and something came up about the rhyme of the ancient mariner and he just mm. said, "Man, I just started spouting off information about it and they were just like, oh wow, did you study English in college or something?" He was like, <laughs> "No, I listen to Iron Maiden. What do you think?" <laughs> you know, just, like, exactly, exactly. I thought that was pretty funny, but that's yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's funny because you can have a conversation like that and you can go, oh, um, oh yeah, by the agency in three three four BC. Oh yeah, he utterly mm-hmm. beat the armies of Persia. Yeah, yeah. right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's common knowledge. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so um, now back then, um, and I don't want you to go too far with I told you you can take liberty with your answers, but I want you to be a little more specific on this answer. So, okay. Because I, I don't want you to get too far ahead here. Um, back then, when, when somewhere in time, this is when you were still in Costa Rica. So mm-hmm. in that time, in that area of time, did Iron Maiden, did they tour in your part of the world? Never. <laughs> Never, right. you know the uh, another another disadvantage of being in that part of the world was that you know bands never came to Costa Rica. I mean, we're such a small country that I'm sure, I don't know, because of financial reasons, it was probably mm-hmm. not profitable yeah. enough. You know, or they thought, you know, that that there weren't enough people there to fill a stadium or they were sure. absolutely wrong. You know, they were absolutely <laughs> wrong. We were all like dying if, if any yeah. band would have shown up. I mean, the any band at all at the time, you know, the stadium would have been filled up because we were all so, so thirsty for, yeah. for anything, you know. Um, I don't think there were any big concerts in Costa Rica until the end of the 80s, maybe 19. Uh, I can't remember. Let me see. Actually, I looked it up because I, uh, I, I wanted to mention this. Yeah, in 1988, uh, I don't know if you remember, there was a, a series of concerts, a tour organized by Amnesty International. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if if that was a thing in the states or if it was yeah, something that they it. were I've doing. Okay, so that happened in 1988, and that was actually the first time that any like big uh, international star ever came to Costa Rica to play. And and at that concert there was like Bruce Springsteen and Peter Gabriel Sting. I mm. mean, we had never seen you know an artist of that caliber uh, ever in Costa Rica before so i think that actually opened the door for other artists to to want and, and come and they realized that there was a you know that there was a, an audience there that that would fill stadiums and that bought records and that you know uh, yeah. 
could actually make it you know profitable for them to to come and play there um so after that you know we, we started having uh, more and more rock bands come and and play and so i remember seeing bon jovi for example there in 1993 the keep the faith uh, tour for example and aerosmith okay. came the the year after and and after that it was just like the floodgates you know everybody just started coming in so we had metallica and megadeth and all that but cool. maiden didn't come to costa rica until 2008 as part of the flight 666 uh tour uh and then they returned in 2016 with the book of souls but i mean those were the only two That's times weird. yeah because they they they're one of the bands that kind of breaks, that seems mm -hmm. to break ground before other bands. That's mm -hmm. weird that they were, yeah. they, they were they, behind it on that. Yeah, they, they always, I mean, the bands usually uh, tend to go to Latin. When, when they think Latin America, they think Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, you know, the, the larger markets mm -hmm. uh, for their music. And yeah, they, they were never going to come to Costa Rica. I mean, we're like, back then, what, maybe three million inhabitants i mean it's a really small country and yeah we weren't even like if you if you if you watch the flight 666 um mm -hmm. documentary you can even hear bruce i mean like we thought we were gonna go in the middle of the jungle and find like a tribe but, <laughs> that, that, it was like what what are you saying yeah Come on. you know they, they have this you know this this stereotypical uh, idea that we're still living on top of the trees or something like that you know that's, <laughs> that's not the case at all yeah so so well, yeah you know well, let me ask you this because i because this is something i don't know how and may i don't know if you know the you know the the dimensions of it but how big is costa rica i mean is it a is it a, i mean as far as like do you know the miles? Like, is it is it ten miles by ten miles, or do you know how big it is? Okay, so Costa Rica is uh, is I think is is nearly fifty one or fifty two thousand square kilometers big. Um, so yeah, I know you you're thinking miles. So yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how many miles that is, but um, I think uh, or, I think J I think James told me once that fifteen hundred kilometers was a thousand miles. Yes, yeah, it's like 1.5 by, okay, by 1, so it's a, I think, so it's the, probably, the proportion. So it's probably like about so 30,000 square miles, 30,000 square miles. I don't know, how big is Texas? Oh, you know? gosh, <laughs> I, I really don't. I, that's, that's, that's one of the things about being an American is, uh, um, you know, Bruce Dickinson has that song called Americans Are Behind. <laughs> uh, it's a solo song, but it definitely applies to me. <laughs> so. Okay, so look at this. Texas, it says here, is... 268,597 square miles. Mm. So that's like five times the size of Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. Well, so that means Costa Rica is at least a pretty decent <laughs> size, though, because if it's because Texas is huge. So if it's, yeah, I mean, you, there's a lot of states in the United States that mm -hmm. are not anywhere near as big as Texas. So Costa Rica is a yeah. decent, so it's bigger than I was thinking. That's okay. I was, I, I talked to a, I was a, there was a guy that was emailing me at one point, um, and he lived on the isle, the island of of Guernsey, which um, mm -hmm. is well, you know, I'm sure you know where that's. It's near Italy, isn't it? Out there in the uh, or somewhere. The I love the uh, Guernsey, Guernsey Island, or, or Jer Guernsey. Guernsey. I thought mm -hmm. he, I thought it was somewhere between England and uh, Italy. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm trying to remember yeah, no, where that's at. Doesn't ring a bell. So at this point, we took a little break to do some research and figure out if I was right or wrong. I was a little right, but probably more wrong. 
So here's some hold music. Okay, I, I, I found it. Yeah, so it's in the English Channel, basically. It's somewhere in the English Channel. But you, so is that, how, yeah. how, how far is that from you? Oh, it's quite far, yeah. <laughs> it's quite far still from, oh, okay. from Italy. Yeah, yeah, because we're way down south, like um, closer to Africa, actually. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm looking mm -hmm. at... Okay, yeah. I see Guernsey. Because uh, I mean, you you know Italy, right? It, oh. it looks like a boot. It yeah, looks I'm like a boot. Right so now. yeah. So where I live is like the heel of the boot. Okay, like the so like the back half, the very like back the, half. Yeah, like the heel, right? Like the closer the, to Greece. Okay, let's see. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you're, yeah. There you go. Cool. Mm -hmm. There's there's your history lesson, everybody. <laughs> I, I kind of, I tend to try to learn a little bit about geography when I'm doing these things. Okay. So yeah, but that's, mm -hmm. this guy sends me an email and he's like, oh, I, I'm living here on Guernsey Island. And he told me, I want to say he said it was almost like five miles by five miles or something, the whole island. Wow. I'm like, so, so when you said <laughs> yeah, Costa you can Rica, walk around it on foot basically. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought, wow, that's incredibly uh, small. So a yeah. lot smaller. No, Costa Rica is small, but it's not that small no. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm looking at it right now. It's between Nicaragua and Panama. Okay. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So let's let's see. Let me get back to here to where we were here. Um, so the next album that came out was Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. You were in you like somewhere you loved somewhere in time. Um, mm -hmm. What happened when some when the Seventh Son came out? So you know the 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 way I I found out that. Uh, a new Iron Maiden album was coming out was of course uh, in a magazine because that, uh, yeah. that that was the way you know by by this time I think um, my my cousins uh, and my aunt and uncle had moved to the United States mm -hmm. so I kind of had lost let's say my my lifeline <laughs> to yeah. you know to to a lot of the the new metal and that because you know I, I I didn't have an MTV anymore or you know anyone else um, to uh, to talk to at the time uh, about metal so um, I would still continue to buy the magazines and that's how I would find out you know and uh, and I would uh, talk to my pen pals and all of that but you know another thing um, that I uh, that I meant to mention was that um, not none of my cousins or I mean except for my uncle who had given me this Iron Maiden album was really into Iron Maiden you know mm. and because I think because friends and, and family at the time were your your greatest influence right or my greatest influence because you know you would listen to the same type of music that they would listen to so I didn't really get deep into Iron Maiden more than you know I already had so I had listened to Live After Death and I loved it and I listened to Somewhere in Time and I loved it but I didn't really go back and you know and listen to previous records uh mm -hmm. and and i didn't you know when i realized that the new album had come out i didn't really uh think of going you know and and, and buying the which is strange because you know having loved uh, somewhere in time you would think <laughs> that you know i would have just run and, and and bought the new record yeah 
But what happened was that um, I managed to listen to the first single from that record, which was Can I Play With Madness? And unpopular opinion here, I didn't really like that song. <laughs> I don't really like it to this day. So, you know, that kind of put me off. And uh, I didn't get to to listen to any other of the of the singles because if I had listened to The Evil That Men Do, I mean, come on. That, uh-huh. That's one of my top 10 maiden songs at the moment, you know. Yeah. I know I would have loved that, but I only listened to Can I Play The Madness? And I thought, mm, I don't think I like the, you know, where this band is going <laughs> uh, right uh-huh. now. So I, I, I didn't really go and, and, and listen to more of that record and you know this was all happening at a time when you know uh i was already f- maybe uh no because this happened uh um, 88 is when 88 88 yeah uh, so i as i said you know i had finished high school i was starting university and at university i met you know I made new friends uh, that, you know, got me into other bands. And again, none of them was into Iron Maiden. This is really weird, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just, I got involved in, in, in other bands, you know, in listening to other bands and uh, and, and never really uh, looked back, you know? I, I just stopped there. I, I, I started listening to, to other, uh, you know, uh, metal bands and, and never really got more into Iron Maiden uh, at the time. Yes, well, it, which, it's funny like that because mm-hmm. I was one of the things I always talk about is I like I went to the see the Legacy of the Beast tour and mm-hmm. I'm I'm in the arena. Bruce said there was fifteen thousand people, so I'm in the arena and I'm looking around like there's all these people here that are going crazy over Iron Maiden and I don't know any of them. Where are these people? Where are these people coming from? Like, right. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I th- I just thought this when you were saying that like Iron Maiden is like the world's biggest cult band. They can go play stadiums, but you don't know anyone that likes them. You know, it's like it's strange. It's <laughs> it's like everybody just leaves the concert, leaves the concert, and goes under a rock or something. They hide. Yeah, somewhere. They, they, they they go back and <laughs> they go back to like their a, caves. <laughs> it's like where they live a secret. It's like they live a secret double life. You know, by night, right. Iron Maiden fan by night, mild mannered teacher by day, or something. You know. <laughs> uh, okay, so. So you heard? Can I play? And I and I kind of agree with you. I I said recently I really hate the way they do. Can I play with Madness live? You know where they do the a one, a two, and I'm like, no, this is Iron Maiden. This isn't like that. Sounds like a garage band starting up, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of. It, it, it's okay. It, it I didn't hate it, yeah. but I didn't. It's I certainly don't love it. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's I I you know right now I have a, a different opinion of the song, especially after you know having listened to the whole album and uh, and when I when I listen to it in context, you know, because it, I see it as as part of a of the story, you know, as part of the you know sure. the whole concept of of the album. So if I'm listening to to the whole album, if I'm listening to my vinyl now, for example, uh, I I listen to to the album all the way through. You know, I don't skip any or anything like that. But if I'm listening to a playlist and it just comes up randomly, I still have to fight that impulse <laughs> of you know of hitting that uh, oh, skip button. Yeah, I probably if I'm just listening to the album, I'll listen through to it. But yeah, it's, it's not a I. Well, I won't say that. I'll save that for later. <laughs> okay, I will say it. You know what? Who cares? Okay. <laughs> I I've been trying to make a list of. I have a really, I really struggle at, you know, like listening to Nesbit do his mm-hmm. uh, top. You know, here's here's the rankings of the albums. I mean, heck, he did. Here's my song rankings. And James mm-hmm. has done the same thing, kind of, with his albums. And 
I've tried to figure out a way to figure out which albums do I like. I mean, I love so many of them. There's only a, probably four that sit, you know, in a certain bottom section. And mm-hmm. those would be the two Blaze out, basically the 90s material, the two No Prayer, Fear of the Dark, mm-hmm. and the two Blaze albums. And, and I, I still like bits and pieces of all of them. But mm-hmm. then I'm trying to go, okay, how do you put these albums in order? Because I love albums like Brave New World and A Matter of Life and Death just as much or more as I do 80s albums. But recently mm-hmm. I was listening to S- Somewhere in Time and I said, you know what? I think I, th- I think that Somewhere in Time, I like it better than Seventh Son. And, you know, like when Talking Maiden did their top, that was Seventh Son was their top album for both of them. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of people love it. And I thought, but there is not a weaker song on Somewhere in Time than than uh, Can I Play With Madness. And mm-hmm. also, I think The Prophecy is, I like it, but I think it's weak compared to the rest mm-hmm. of that. You know, you compare it, if you compare The Prophecy to Moonchild, Infinite Dreams, um, the, the title track, uh, uh, what was the one you just named? Um, uh, oh, gosh. Uh, totally well, the Clairvoyant, I mean. The Clairvoyant, uh, Only the Good Die Young, only The Evil the That They yeah. Do. I mean, mm-hmm. and so all you got left is Can I Play With mm-hmm. Madness and The Prophecy and Mm-hmm. To me, those are a, a big notch below the rest of the songs. And on Somewhere mm-hmm. in Time, there's not really anything like that. And to me, I think the weakest song on Somewhere in Time mm-hmm. is Heaven Can Wait. Right. And, it's be- and it's because of the chorus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used to love Heaven Can Wait, especially because of the um, oh. because of the part. Exactly, yeah, where well, everybody yeah, can that's think the part. all that. Mm-hmm. Um you know, also back then, or or during all these years, because you know, of course, I, I well, maybe we can we can get into this a bit later after after I finished university and and all that. I stopped listening to to metal that often, you know, and got into mm-hmm. other types of music and all that. But I would still listen to you know to the records that I had, and I would still listen to Somewhere in Time, you know, uh, regularly and 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 all of that. And I didn't know that this was a song that they played so often. For example, in concerts, and that mm-hmm. you know they would bring all these people out and they would sing yeah. along and all of that. So um, yeah, for me, it was it was always one of my favorite songs too from from Somewhere in Time. As I said, you know, back then I thought maybe Stranger in a Strange Land was the one that I, but you know, I have completely come around and now I I, I love it. It's especially after you know I have paid more attention to the lyrics and uh, yeah. you know uh, yeah the the guitar solos and, and all of that. Yeah, it has become one of my favorites. And yeah, you know, I totally get the, the, you know, about the prophecy also because it is, it is a different song, right? It has a different pace to the other songs in the, in the album, but you know, in a concept album, you always have these kinds of songs, you know, that serve as a, simply as a link, you know, just to get this, just to keep the story going or, you know, just to, to serve as a link between uh, the main, uh, let's say, uh, yeah, that parts song is, of that song's got to be just a bridge. So, That's got to be a bridge song. Yeah, so, get from point A to point B, I guess. Yeah. So. So, so yeah, okay. I totally get that. That might be your your least favorite. I mean, there's such good songs in that album that you know. Uh, it, but I just it's... thought it was weird for me because I thought, well, people always say rank Seven Suns so high, and I thought, I, I mean. I told someone the other day, I said, Number of the Beast probably is not in my top five Iron Maiden albums. And the guy was just like, what? Mm. <laughs> and I was just like, mm-hmm. and, and, if, and if I would say this, thinking about it, if, if Seventh Son is in, is in my top five, 
it's probably number five if it's in my top five. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, if it makes you feel better, Number of the Beast is not in my top five either. Actually, I have it here as number six. Okay, because I have okay. also tried to, you know, to start. Well, it, it's it's a it's a really difficult. You know, it's been a really difficult journey mm-hmm. for me, especially because you know I I've only recently started to listen to Iron Maiden again, and and you know coming back after twenty five thirty years and finding all mm-hmm. this music that you have to tackle. It's yeah. been a it's been a Herculean task for me, but um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So what what I what I did now at at first because I, I'm more familiar obviously with the earlier. Uh, records i i divided the the records into two parts okay so far that's what i did you know divided mm-hmm. the discography into two parts so i have from 1980 to 1990 and then 1990 on because i'm okay. i'm less familiar with the with the newer the newer records and so yeah i i have started to to do it like this you know eventually i hope to to include all of them into one list but if i think of you know records from 1980 to 1990 um yeah number of the beast is is my number 6 out of those eight you know oh and yeah actually seven sun is my number one i have to say yeah yeah i mean i what i like about i mean i I think the same as you you know there's not a weak track in in somewhere in time which is my number two but um i like the 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 coherence you know in the in the theme uh of seven sun you know the fact that it's a, a concept album i think it is a concept album uh and you know through and through um and uh and I like that, you know. I, yeah. Uh, apart from the fact that the songs are are magnificent and yeah, uh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so so, mm-hmm. so you so you after so Seventh Sun comes out and for for whatever mm-hmm. reasons you didn't continue, you didn't buy any. You so at that point, yep. You had somewhere in time in Live After Death, you liked them, and then mm-hmm. you moved on to university. Things change, life moves on, mm-hmm. and. See, so that was let's say some Seventh Sun came out in '88, so you're talking '98, '08. Yeah, I mean, so you're I, talking I, thirty. Yeah, thirty years passes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I as I said, you know, I continued listening to uh, to metal all the way to maybe the mid '90s, you know, um, but you know. Again, you you lose contact with people you know that you used to share this this uh, this uh, passion with, and uh, you know metal is starting to to die out. You know it's being played less and less on the radio, mm-hmm. and the bands that you used to like start disbanding, or you know they they come up with with music that is going places that you're not really so much into you know um so so yeah you know uh, there was a that was a time when i really started getting uh, a bit disconnected from sure from metal and yeah Mm -hmm. so so you told me that starting earlier this year Mm -hmm. that that you really started getting into metal again what was it that Mm -hmm. what prompted you I don't know, maybe lockdown. I don't know, <laughs> just bored. <laughs> um, well, yeah, it could have I mean, been the spending... pandemic thing. You know, you had yeah. you had time to kind of look around. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, you know, I have never stopped listening to to metal. What I stopped was, uh, you know, getting maybe new records from those bands. Okay, as I said, okay, you know, yeah. because. Okay, gotcha. uh, but the music that I had, the music that I like, that I that I used to listen to, I've always listened to. You know, so yeah, every every now and then, every few weeks, every few months, you know, I would uh, I would listen to to some of my old uh, music. You know, I yeah, I don't have my records with me, unfortunately. Now that mm-hmm. I'm in Italy, all my music is back in. 
in Costa Rica, but I did, you know, I did uh, rip all my CDs before coming here, <laughs> and I do have all my music, and I have it all on my iPod, and so, you know, I, I kept listening to to that um, every now yeah. and again, but uh, I don't know, for some reason, I um, I think I went, uh, again, into Spotify and, and started looking for, for metal uh, playlists, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and listening to those, yeah, you know, I was listening to these playlists, like the 500 best metal songs of all time or you know things like that and and these maiden songs just kept popping up you know and I was like oh my god what is this you know I was I, I would listen to those songs and I was like is this Iron Maiden seriously I mean where have I been where have I been right. living under a rock I mean literally um, I was just uh, in awe you know of what I was listening to and the fact that you know I had been so disconnected with with their music and with um, uh, yeah with, with the fact that I never really got deeper into them I really I never really dove uh, uh, deeper into them uh, even yeah. back then in the, in the 80s you know why I cannot explain myself uh, why that's okay why I that mean, was. we all have different uh -huh. journeys. that's what I said we all have different journeys yeah. and mm -hmm. everyone's journey isn't I mean I got a, I was off for a while so I mean I understand that so mm -hmm. so what's cool is and I have, a, I have a specific question I want to ask you about this but what's cool is you discovered Iron Maiden in the you know mid to you know mid eighties, you mm -hmm. fell in love with Iron Maiden. The minute as you, then, you know whatever every all these things in life happen. Now you've got to discover Iron Maiden again. So two questions. Mm -hmm. First okay. question is, what was the what was the first song you heard recent you know in the last year that when you first heard it go oh wow Iron Maiden and then what was the first album you went and purchased after you decided I need to start listening to Maiden again. Okay, so so yeah, I think even even though I had heard the song before, you know, because it was in in Live After Death, I think what completed, let's say, my process of maidenization, if you can say <laughs> that, yeah. uh, was listening again to "Hollow Be Thy Name." Oh. When that song came up, I don't know, it came up in a playlist, and I, and I listened to it again, and I was like, oh my god, this song, you know. Um, and then, yeah, you know, the, there were songs from from newer albums. I, I cannot remember exactly uh, which ones right now because at the moment, you know, or back then, a few months ago, I didn't I didn't know the names of the songs, but they were I remember the from the covers, probably from Brave New World or from A Matter of Life and Death, and mm -hmm. um, and and yeah, it all just fell into place, and I thought I, I have to I have to you know make amends, <laughs> I have to go back and. Yeah. And and start listening to all this music that I have missed, you know, over uh, all these years. So you know, the the first thing I did actually was um, uh, because I was big into podcasts. Um, I, I listened to podcasts about you know TV shows and uh, and what have you. I, I I started looking for podcasts on on metal, you know, and um, I came across a few uh, general metal podcasts, and uh, I was listening to some of those, and then I started looking for specific maiden podcasts, and I came across a couple that you know they didn't seem like they had been updated for a long time or. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a few episodes, but, you know, it, it looked like, yeah, they, they had decided to, you know, they started the podcast, but then they hadn't followed through. And um, mm -hmm. eventually I came across Talking Maiden. <laughs> there you and, go. Uh, yep. 
and that was it. You know, I when I started listening to to the first episodes, I thought this is it. This is what I need because I I I also felt overwhelmed. You know, with all this information, I I, I had to find a way to to tackle it. You know, yeah. uh, in an organized way. And so I started following the the episodes. You know, and what I did was um, uh, when they we're talking about an album that I hadn't listened to before. I would listen to the album, you know, a couple of times before listening to the episode. Or sometimes they were talking about a specific song. I would stop the the podcast and go and listen to the song and then go back, <laughs> you know, things like that. So, you know, little by little, I started, you know, familiarizing myself with um, with all the um, with all the the new music and the new albums, um, I, I skipped actually because they have a lot of other you know uh, episodes where they talk about maybe you know side projects of some of the members of the band or uh, they talk about um, um, oh yeah, yeah maybe yeah, even even other sure. bands you know uh, like um, uh, I, I forget now the name of the band that they are they. Um, Oh, man. Uh, Night Demon, for example, Night yeah, Demon. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so I, I I tried to to skip those. I tried to go uh, first over the episodes of uh, of the the albums that I was already familiar with, more familiar with. You know, the ones from the eighties, and yeah. uh, and then uh, started with with the new ones. And and to this day, you know, I'm still not very familiar with a few of them. Like sure. Final Frontier, I I mean, I have listened to a couple of times, maybe to the whole album. But if you ask me about a, a specific song, I will have to go back and listen to it again to say, ah okay yeah it is this song you know hey, or, I, did, I did a detailed I did a detailed episode on that one too so yeah I, I'm saving that one I'm saving that but also because it's on the way you know that for my birthday I got all, all the all the vinyls uh, I but saw a bunch still, of them posted yeah yeah cool. I, I I am still trying to find some of that Final Frontier is actually one of the ones that that was missing that I couldn't find anywhere at least not in the uh, in the the shops that I was I was shopping oh, okay. here in Italy so I had to I had to buy it from from the UK but it's on its way should be here okay, next okay. week <laughs> so I'm gonna well, start listening to that one well I'll uh, say uh, when I found maiden uh, when I found um talking maiden I had kind of went through the podcast you're talking about the one that it's here it's here it's there it's here it's there it's there being you know i went through basically i started with that one and i listened to every episode mm -hmm. i didn't realize that it was across 10 years i really i thought you know i just started from one and but one, mm -hmm. you know it took me a couple of weeks and i was i was completely done with them and and i had found talking maiden as well and i started listening mm -hmm. to them and immediately my very first thing i did was let me see what they think of a matter of life and death because i saw that they had uh -huh. done all these album <laughs> reviews because i was like i want to see because I kind of label podcasts a certain way. At least I think fans are a certain way. You've got fans that are really into the old era that like, like mm -hmm. the people in front of me at the, at the uh, legacy of the beast concert. Anytime they'd play, you know, ACE is high revelations, flight of Icarus, man, they're up and they're singing the trooper they're singing. But when they start <laughs> playing sign of the cross or uh -huh. um, for the greater good of God, they're just kind of standing there like, okay, when are y'all going to play, you know, power slave, something off power slave or whatever. Right. And so I'm like, okay, let's see what these guys think of a matter of life and death. Cause I love that album. And mm -hmm. I don't know anyone that I've never heard anyone talk about it ever. Cause I don't have mm -hmm. any friends that like iron maiden. So, and the ones I do have aren't as, you know, they're just not as big. It doesn't seem like on the newer albums. And so I'm like, I want to hear somebody's opinion of this album. And so I listened to it, 
and they get on there and they're, you know, it's been a long time since I heard that episode, but they were just, they were going on and gloating about how great it was and all this. And I'm just like, okay, (laughs) these guys are legit Iron Maiden fans. They're not just, they're not just some podcast that came along and they're going to try to, you know, whatever. I, mm-hmm. I would say for me, they're they're abs they're the absolute definitive Iron Maiden podcast. I mean, front to back. I mean, they cover like you said, they cover the members, they cover all mm-hmm. the you know the side projects, they cover every album in great detail. They add a lot to like you. You come along, mm-hmm. you said I haven't listened to Iron Maiden in thirty years. Mm-hmm. Where do I start? You go on exactly. there. I go mm-hmm. on there, and I'm like, I want. I haven't never met anyone that likes. A matter of life and death, and the final, and that's why when I started, when I turned my podcast to Iron Maiden, which I was only planning on doing it for a month, and I thought I'll uh-huh. just do one month here and there. But and I think that's that's when I found you when you were doing the the Maiden, <laughs> the May Maiden. Uh, yeah, because yeah, because Nesbitt he did me a great favor. He mentioned my podcast on there. He said right. he said he it was because it was Uncle Steve's Rock and Metal Zone, and then he mm-hmm. said it's Uncle. Steve. So I was doing that, and I liked it. I just like, you know, Maiden's my favorite band. I said, I could just do this. And then if I want to talk about another band, I can. I can still just have it labeled under my Iron Maiden podcast. But I'll just, you know, I'm kind of quirky, and I'm kind of odd. So I just do things however. But, but yeah, I was like, I was got these guys. I mean, they are the definitive Iron Maiden podcast, without a doubt. I mean, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's why when I first did the first episode, uh, the first song, uh, yeah. The first mm-hmm. album <laughs> that mm-hmm. I ever reviewed was The Final Frontier because I was like, I don't want to start with Power Slave or The Number of the Beast or Seventh Son. I said, those are, it's too easy. Everybody right. loves those albums. Even mm-hmm. the fans that love the modern Iron Maiden love the old stuff. But the fans mm-hmm. that love just the old stuff don't necessarily love the new stuff. And I was like, I want to start somewhere because I, I thought that proves to anybody else, this guy's not just a Power Slave guy. He's not just a number of the beast guy. And I wanted to make sure that I made that very clear from the get go. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm a Yannick guy. I mean, I have my thoughts on Yannick. I mean, he's, he's helped write some great songs. I, he's my third favorite guitarist in Iron Maiden. <laughs> I'll say <Right>. that. <laughs> um, but, but I like, I mean, I don't, I don't mind that he's there. I like the blaze albums. I don't, you know, I obviously I did that poll recently. I had, you know, this one girl that, keeps getting on my Twitter posts and telling me that I need to do, I need to add an easier option on my posts. So I thought, you know what, <laughs> let me, let me I, I won't name any names or anything, but she's from Italy, you know, she lives in Italy. But right. uh, so I said, let me just say, who's the definitive Iron Maiden singer. I mean, blaze has said it's Bruce. Paul has said it's Bruce. Bruce knows it's Bruce. So I'm like, that's easy, but, <laughs> but, but really, um, I, love I think, them all. I, I, yeah. I mean, what what I what I really liked about Talking Maiden was was that you know the fact that you know I, even in these years when I haven't been listening to to Iron Maiden, I I knew you know that that Bruce had left the band and that there were there had been somebody else that nobody liked and <laughs> Bruce had come back, you know, <laughs> and and you hear all these rumors and and when I first uh, you know tried to to get back into you know listening to Iron Maiden, I went on Reddit and I went on forums and things like that. And and you would read all these posts of people, you know, recommending, okay, yeah, you should start listening to this album, uh, uh, avoid anything by Blaze Bailey or, you know, all this. Yeah. I, it's just really off-putting because I was thinking, you know, uh, 
you know, everybody uh, has had their own place in the band and they have done good things and yeah. and they deserve respect, you know, for what they have done. And this is something I really liked about Talking Maiden that, you know, they, they talk to with, uh, with respect and with admiration about Blaze Absolutely. and the job that he had done. And, uh, and they really, you know, they really um, got me to, to like him, you know, they, they, they had this really positive attitude towards him, which is not the case with, you know, mm-hmm. all the fans and, uh, and, and if you, if you look at it objectively, I mean, the guy has got a really, you know, he's, he's got an amazing voice. He, as you have mentioned countless times also in your podcast, he's gone on to do amazing work, uh, mm-hmm. his solo career. And, um, and <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm really grateful for, for, you know, having had, let's say my, my first contact uh, with him through Talking Maiden and which was, you know, a, a positive way of, of, of doing so instead of getting, you know, all the yes. hate from, from the, all these so-called Iron Maiden fans that, that just hate on Blaze, you know, it's... Uh, the, funny, the funny thing is you saying that makes me laugh because if you've listened through much of the Talking Maiden, when they first started... Mm-hmm. Nesbitt was obviously a Blaze guy, and Josh right, and was Josh, like, I don't I like him. Yeah, and I remember Blaze, yeah. one of the last episodes <laughs> I've listened to recently, um, Josh was, it was when they were talking about Paul's initial solo material, which is mm-hmm. really poppy and everything. And right. at that point, Josh, it, was, it makes me laugh when I hear it, because he's like, you know, I started this thing out. I didn't like Blaze, and I love Bruce, and I love Paul. He goes, now I don't, he said, now I disrespect Paul and I love Blaze. <laughs> I just thought right. that, it was just, I thought that's just really funny, but that's, yeah. you know, but really, like I said, that it's, they're a great show. I mean, they're to me. And that's why I continually, I mention them pretty much on every show I do. They get brought up because I love the info that you can get from that show. I always say, I like the birth of the beast, those five episodes they're my mm-hmm. favorite ones because it's, I want to sit down at my desk and do like take notes on it one day. But yeah, I mean, there's not a podcast out there. Uh, you're not going to get it on mine and, and any other podcast that is out there. You're not going to get it on any of them. You're not going to get that kind of information, that kind of detail. It's mm-hmm. uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful for them. And like I said, that's great for you because you said, I think that's really cool. What you said, how you listen to them, talk about something, you stop, you listen to it. That's mm-hmm. really um, yeah, because they they are also they are also responsible for for my you know for my going and and getting all these vinyl <laughs> uh, <laughs> records. Uh, Nesbit is solely responsible you know for this because uh, you know they they also reminded me of of that thing you know of uh, you know going to the record store buying your record you know opening mm-hmm. it putting it oh, on your yeah. turntable, playing it. I mean, it's a completely different feeling. And I thought, you know, if I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it right, you know. So I'm going to yes. get the whole Iron Man collection on, on record and I'm going to, you know, that's how I want to I wanna go uh, ahead, you know, uh, on, on this new thing that I'm doing. So um, I have been doing that, you know, ever since I got all the, all the records, I've been listening to them in, in order, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been listening to them, you know, once... Uh, w- I usually have time only at the weekend, so uh, yeah. I'm currently at... Yeah, Seven Sun, I think, has been the, the last one that, that, that I listened to. Uh, okay. Actually, I'm also waiting for, for Fear of the Dark and No Prayer to arrive because okay. uh, <laughs> um, they should that's be cool. arriving soon also next week. So I've been listening to them in that order, you know, that's why... Um, 
I said, you know, when eventually when I get to to no pray, I mean to no to um, Final Frontier and etc., then I'm gonna listen to your episodes of the podcast, to their episodes of the podcast, yeah, and you know, and use them as yeah as a, as a background. Well, theirs theirs is definitely probably I would listen to theirs first than mine because theirs will talk about the the things that are going on around the album and everything. Mm-hmm. I just I'll just talk about the songs and everything. So they're they're mm-hmm. definitely. They're more detailed than me on that. So, um, but um, well, I listen to everything that I can because I'm just I'm yeah. just trying to learn. You know, I'm just trying to absorb as much as I can and uh, and to to try and enjoy the the music uh, the most I can. So, well, it's a, it's a fun journey. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I tell you what, okay, and like I said, I think it's really cool. How you, I mean, because like I said, we're all everyone's different. Everyone's story is different. You know, none of them are the same. None of them. I've never met a guy. I've never met anybody from Iron Maiden. I've seen him in concert mm-hmm. seven times. I talked to a guy recently, and he told me that he's. Oh my gosh, I couldn't believe when he told me this. He saw Iron Maiden seven times on the Somewhere in Time tour. Wow! <laughs> I was like, oh my god! <laughs> so I was like, that's how many times I've seen him from Seventh Son through the Legacy of the Beast, and you've seen him that many times on one tour. So, but he lived. He lived over in in the UK, so he was. You know, he was in a very cool place where they did a bunch of shows. But, mm-hmm. um, well, I'll tell you what, I've got one more question for you. And it's okay. Um, and it's not about Iron Maiden. So, um, actually, well, let me ask you two what is your favorite Iron Maiden album from the, and I don't know, it doesn't sound like you've heard everything past mm-hmm. 2000, you know, and the, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I've, I've given each one a listen, you know, at least uh, a couple times, you know, some of them more than others. But but yeah, I mean, I have listened to everything by now, you know, I've listened to to all of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what stands out the most from the Reunion Era albums? Which one do you like the best? Um, okay, I'd have to say Brave New World. <laughs> of course, okay. Brave New World is, is up there because yes. it has what has become one of my top 10 uh, Iron Maiden songs by now, Ghost of the Navigator. Oh, yeah. Uh, I just absolutely love that song. And, of course, I love Dream of Mirrors. You know, again, yeah. it has a Queensryche vibe that, that I really like, you know. Yeah. And um, what well, Blood Brothers, Brave New World. I mean, um, I love all of those songs. I mean, I love Dance of Death. I've been listening to Dance of Death, especially, you know, because it, uh, it was um, uh, the anniversary of the release a few weeks ago. So, you know, uh-huh. also, this, this has also been helping me because whenever there's an anniversary of the release, then I spend that day just listening to that album. <laughs> so I, That's you know, cool. it helps me. So I love, yeah, of course, Montsegur and Passion and uh, dance, even Dance of Death. You know, I know that that some people don't like Dance of Death, but I love it. I don't. Know, I love. I, I do. I love that. I like uh, when they do it on. I, I there was a point where I didn't like it a whole lot, but I remember mm-hmm. I liked it because when they do it live mm-hmm. on on the Death on the Road, and there's that part where he's like, and then and then and he goes, and then the whole band comes in, and then they all jump in. I love that. That's so cool. Yeah. Then uh, you know, Blaze albums, of course. Uh, I mean, uh, I love Clansman. It's also one of my top ten yeah. <laughs> maiden songs at the moment. Um, uh, even um, you know, even you know that uh, this is a funny thing. When I, when I first uh, saw the the song list on Virtual Eleven, um, 
and I saw Come Estais Amigos, you know, it has mm-hmm. a, a Spanish yeah. It kind of put me off a little bit, actually, I have to say, because it yeah. sounded a little bit like, I don't know, maybe stereotypical again, you know, like when you're Spanish, I mean, or you want to pretend that you speak Spanish, you go with Amigos or, you know, with a no word that is time, very yeah. well known. <laughs> exactly. So it kind of put me off. But, you know, listening to this, I love it. And I especially love the the acoustic version that he did with the uh, with the guitarist Thomas I can never pronounce his yeah, name the, 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 uh, the, yeah I know who you're talking yeah. about yes yeah, so Zwilding so like, Zwilding or yeah, I don't know how they say it yeah, yeah I'm really sorry about. I am I am the butcher of surnames that's okay um, so uh, I I absolutely love that that version uh, and it's a really, really like heartfelt song. song yeah yeah, yeah. I really I think I was like you when I first saw that. I remember looking at the track listing when I first saw it and just mm-hmm. thought, Como Estas Amigos. I mean, I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. put it the way you did. Like, I didn't think of it that way. <laughs> but I remember just thinking, what the crap is this? You know, I mean, <laughs> Iron, yeah. this is Iron Maiden. What is this? You know, I thought, and I remember hearing it a long time ago and not liking it. But when I, when I re- got into it more and then I ended up reviewing, that's another album I've done a review of. And, and I mean, it's funny though because I listened to my review, and after I did my review, I went back and listened to the Talking Maiden review, and there was one song I can't remember what it was, and I just go, "Man, this song is so great! It's such a joy to listen to this." And when I, and then I listened to Talking Maiden, and they were like, "This has got to be the worst song on the album." <laughs> I, I said, "Okay, well at least at least my opinion's not exactly the same as theirs." So. Yeah, okay. and then so, and then of course, uh, yeah, no, just uh, and, and then Book of Souls, of course, right. Okay. It's just, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's difficult to pick one at the moment. I would say that maybe, yeah, Brave New World is probably number one for me right now because it's the one that I'm most familiar with. But I don't know. I'm sure that as I listen more to it, uh, to all of the the other records, that this is going to change. So, yeah. I think Brave New World (laughs) is in my top five Iron Maiden albums all Mm -hmm. overall. Even it's over, I can say this for 100%, even then, this will probably really. I don't know. I don't know if anyone gets mad. I, mean, I don't really get any angry emails from anybody. So, but I always say, "Oh yeah, this will really make somebody mad." Uh, it's. I would rate Brave New World ahead of um, first, second, third, f- fourth. I would rank at least if you go from the the debut album through Seventh Son. I would rank it over um, maybe all of them. <laughs> Right. It's, it's, a, it's in my top five for 100%. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, last question. I don't want to get too much into that because I, I do want to do an episode one day where I rank them, but I haven't even, you know, done reviews on all of them either. So, I'll do like Talking Made and I'll save that for later. Um, okay. <laughs> my last question for you, though, is you told me yes. now, this is outside of Iron Man. You told me when you were at university mm-hmm. that you had gotten into a whole bunch of different bands. And yeah. I don't know. Do you have that list of bands in front of you? Yep. Mm-hmm. Read off the list of bands, just because I think it'd be interesting for people to a kind of hear other bands that you were into. Okay, um, so not not the not the early ones, but the, the later ones, right? Like TNT, you mean those? Like TNT. When you were, uh, go ahead, keep going. Yeah, because. Yeah, because yeah, because when when I was listening to music with my with my cousins, we would listen to more classic stuff. Yeah, like Dio, Dawkins, uh, yeah. Queensrÿche, of course, which. Uh, 
has always been my all-time favorite band, you know, before uh-huh. Iron Maiden. <laughs> okay. Um, yes, we listen to Metallica, of course. Yes, uh, Michael Schenker group, uh, Wasp. Uh, uh, but yeah, as as I went to university and started meeting new people, then they got me into into other bands. So we will listen to TNT, which are which is a Norwegian uh, metal uh-huh. band. I don't know if you ever heard about them, Crimson Glory. Um, Igwe Mounsting, of course, uh, Leatherwolf, um, uh-huh. Racer X, Impelitary, Cacophony, Fate's Warning. So a lot um, of guitar driven. Well, a lot of warning. Yeah, a lot of guitar. I, the, this, this friend of, because um, when I was at the university and traveling on the university bus, uh, I met this girl. I mean, I, I wasn't the type of... Uh, of person that would wear lots of black t-shirts with the with the names of the bands which has mm. changed now again you know, because you yeah. know <laughs> you know that i've been buying lots of maiden t-shirts that yeah. i wear you know when which i'm home cool, on the weekends yeah. and all of that but i didn't do that back then what i would do was you know get the posters from these magazines that i would buy and i would just uh, wrap my my university books and, and notebooks in them and so uh-huh. this girl who was who used to travel on the university bus with me uh, she spotted me and she came to talk she's like do you like metal she i mean it was so hard to find a woman who liked metal back then, you know, at least in Costa Rica, I don't know. So we were like, we became inseparable after that, right? That's awesome. Um, and she had a friend, and he was the one who was into all these, you know, uh, guitarists. So he was the one who got us into Ingwie Malmsteen and Tony McAlpine and into Paul Gilbert and, you know, you name it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Gary Moore, you know, uh, anybody who hell ever held a guitar, you know, Joseph yeah. Triani, Steve Bay, you know. Um, so he he really got us into into all these bands. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Are you still in touch with those people? I am not. You know, and again, unfortunately, because well, they're they're back in Costa Rica, and again, after after university and after you, we started working. Everyone just went their own ways, and so right, right. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I managed to get back in touch with with this guy. His uh, name was Luis, also by the way. Yeah. Uh, and because you know, um, at a certain point, he decided that he was going to sell his record collection, oh, uh, which wow. I'm I'm sure he's already he's regretting it mm-hmm. uh, a lot right now. Uh, so I did buy a few of 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 his records of him, all the all his Malmsteen uh, collection and. Yeah. Uh, a few others that I managed to get a, a hold of. Some of the Leatherwolf. I don't know if you've ever heard of Leatherwolf. Not I've many people them. have. Yeah. Oh, I just absolutely love that band. You know, <laughs> and I got, uh, I bought Street Ready of him and uh, uh, and and other, you know, other little little things yeah. that. I really, really liked, and and I did get in touch with him, and and you know he was already regretting having sold those records at the time because he was oh could you could you lend me those records back because I wanna you know I wanna I wanna put them on tape you know I wanna have a, a new copy of them and all that so I lent him the records and uh, but yeah that that was the last time that I ever I ever got in touch with them uh, unfortunately then I moved to Costa Rica I mean I, I moved to Italy in 2005 and and i've lost uh, contact with uh, a lot of a lot of people yeah okay well that's that's something i wanted to ask you but i never did but you, mm-hmm. you just said it what 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 caused you to move from costa rica to italy well my husband basically <laughs> yes <laughs> i uh i met an italian and so yep 
Uh, okay. okay. I got married and, and we decided that, that we were going to live in Italy. And so, yeah, that, that was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Okay. Okay. So, okay. Two bands you mentioned and one I won't mm-hmm. go too much into because I've done an episode on them before, but mm-hmm. Wa- Wasp is a band that I yes. I love Wasp. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh, how, me too. How up are you on Wasp? Bro? Have you listened to their material that's from the 2000 forward at all? Mm, not really. I think I stopped probably at Headless Children. Oh wow! So, so have yeah. you ever heard? Have you ever heard the Crimson Idol? I have heard the Crimson Idol, but only recently. Yes. Okay. Only recently. Yes. And I, yeah, I, I because again, you know, I read that it was a concept album. I'm, I'm a buff for concept it's a big albums. Time concept. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good yeah. one. Yeah. So. Yeah, again, like like Queen Strike, I told you, is one of my it's, favorite bands. So Operation Mindcrime is for me. Yeah, uh, there yeah. in, a, <laughs> uh, in the yeah. altar of the greatest albums of all time. Um, so yeah, I did I did hear um, about Crimson Idol, and I've I've listened to it, yes, um, but only recently. But yeah, you know, Wasp is one of those bands that when I was at university, my my male friends used to make fun of me because I liked them. Oh, yeah. uh, just yeah. like a lot of other bands, you know, they were like, oh, because they were into, you know, like really manly bands like Anthrax and Slayer <laughs> and, you know, all of Pantera, you know, all of that. So they used to make fun of me because I liked bands like Wasp or, you know, or even Queensryche or other bands like that. So I actually yeah. saw Queensryche on their uh-huh. Empire tour. Well, I saw them. Really? They wow. were touring. I saw them opening for Metallica when they were touring for the the mind crime album but when i saw them on the empire tour which empire is a lot not near as good of an album as operation mind crime it's completely different yeah i mean yeah. It's, it's a really good album but it's really a, a 180 yes from well from what but on were that doing. tour on that True. tour mm-hmm. they they played operation mind crime and it's the whole album they played wow. it from start which i told I've, I've kind of forgot about it until you mentioned that but yeah um, mm-hmm. But I'll say I'll just say this, not to go too much on Wasp, but mm-hmm. my two favorite albums from the more I guess I call it more modern era. It's not you know it, it's past the '90s. I guess they have mm-hmm. an album called Dominator, and that album okay. is awesome. And then okay. they have another album called Dying for the World, and that album is awesome too. Um, the the rest of a lot of their other stuff I like bits. I like I don't like the full albums, but both of those albums I really I really like a lot. So. Uh, if, if you're ever wanting to check anything newer by the right. yeah i and mean then, i have all the all the others you know i have last command i wasp last command of course mm-hmm. electric circus uh you know headless yeah. children yeah headless children yes i would listen okay. to those on repeat <laughs> now there's one other band that you mentioned mm-hmm. and and this is a band that i've never heard any i mean i know my cousins liked it because they introduced uh-huh. me to this band but i never heard anyone mm-hmm. else mention them it's right crimson glory Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I actually got to see them. Really? Wow. Twice. And it's crazy because, okay, they recorded their, um, I saw them on New Year's Eve in 1989, which uh-huh. is when their album Transcendence was out, which is, I'm sure wow. you know, freaking yeah. awesome, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Crimson Glory, Transcendence, killer, killer album. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They were kind of, I would say they were kind of in the power metal vein and, and their singer Midnight was like just phenomenal, mm-hmm. like yeah. phenomenal singer. Yes. We, and we went and saw them at some little bitty club and uh-huh. on New Year's Eve, and I can remember I was right front and center in front of Midnight mm-hmm. while he was singing. And, you know, I was young and, 
wasn't really a concert experience in a club ex- a setting. And I remember just being in front of him, just putting my hand right in his face, like trying to get him to give me five, <laughs> trying to get him to slap my hand or something. And I, I just kept holding it there, and he, he just kept kind of moving and not. And finally, he just grabs my hand, and I was just like, all right, you know. But um, oh, at man, that con- I uh-huh. Go on. You know, at that concert, <laughs> I, I was able to buy their first album, the um, mm. just their self-titled album, and mm-hmm. which is like really, really rare. And later on, after I don't know if you know about this part of them or not, but after Transcendence, they put out another album. I think mm-hmm. it was just um, what was it called? Strange and Beautiful. Do you Strange remember that and one? Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were going to play a club show in Dallas on that tour, and I think I'm trying to think of what year that was like '91, I believe. And so yeah. we're like, oh man, Crimson Glory's coming because they got signed to, I think they were on it like Atlanta. They were on a big record label and all this. So mm-hmm. we go to the club and we met. The, I still got a picture of me and the singer. And right. I say the singer because, because it wasn't midnight. <laughs> it wasn't midnight. It was, but we thought he sounded, I think the guy's name was David Von Helsing or something, maybe. I he can't had, remember mm-hmm. his name anymore, but mm. uh, for some reason that's what's well, popping into my head. But. I got a picture of him. He sounded phenomenal. But, mm-hmm. but that album... Van Landing. Van Landing, okay. Yeah. That album was so much of a departure of what they did on you know their first album and Transcendence. It mm-hmm. was so much different. It was just more mainstream sounding, like they were trying to get an audience. Like You figured they got signed to a major label, and the major label really had a hand in what they were doing. Right. But mm-hmm. we went to that show, and... It was they were a four piece. So instead of having, you know, two guitar players and a bass and a drum, they had one guitar player, which was uh oh man, Andy John maybe. Oh. Which one? What was the name? Drenning. John yeah, Drenning? John Drenning. Oh. John Drenning, yeah. Uh-huh. He was there. They had the the bass was the bass player named uh Lord something Lord. Lords, yeah. Jeff Lords. Okay. Jeff mm-hmm. Lords. Um mm-hmm. they had I don't know, I don't remember who the drummer was, but the singer wasn't midnight and they like I said they got rid of a guitar player and I mean those guys I don't know if you understand this term but they they big timed us so bad when we were trying to talk to them <laughs> and I kid you not there was probably 30 people that showed up I mean nobody really? showed up. <gasps> yes wow and and I'm like they're sitting here big time and us like they oh they're too good to get pictures and talk and oh you know blah 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 just acting like they were these rock stars right and I've always gotten that vibe, even when I've read things about them in the past. What? So I'm sorry, I've been going on about them because I don't ever talk to them about mm-hmm. anybody. What did What, what did you right. think of them? Like, well, what I do mean, you know um, them? yeah. Um, well, I I first listened to trans. I think Transcendence was actually my the the first record that I listened to that uh, I was lent by by this friend of mine, and and of course we were drawn to them because of. Uh, Midnight's voice, you know, he yeah. sounded so much like Jeff Tate as well. You know, there were, you know, there, there are times when he doesn't, but there are times when he, I don't know, he sounds exactly like like Jeff Tate. And so, because we were such, uh, you know, great Queensrÿche um, fans, we were kind of drawn to to that, you know, to to his voice. And and of course, the the songs were great. I love the 
also the themes of the songs, you know, they, they have uh, songs based on Edgar Allan Poe uh, short stories, you know, like mm -hmm. Mask of the Red Death, or, you know, yeah. they talk about dragons, and, you know, all these things that are, oh, yeah. you know, uh, themes that I, that I really, that I really like as the big nerd that I am. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it was a shame. Yes. When, when midnight uh, died. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and and they yeah they they tried to replace I mean the the I think the 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 last singer that I that I knew of was Jeff Latore who is now frontman for uh, Todd Latore sorry yes yeah. Todd Latore who is now uh, with Queensrÿche because again Oddly he sings enough, yeah. exactly like Jeff Tate I mean if you listen to him oh yeah, he, it, yeah. it's it's like listen He's to great. him. It is, but you know, at the same time, and it, and it, this is really funny because you know, like like what happened with Maiden, right? A lot of people uh, complain about the fact that you know um, when uh, when Bruce left, uh, they decided to replace him with someone that sounded so different uh, yeah. to him. But at the same time, you know, when I think of Queensrÿche, if if I think you know the fact that they have somebody who sounds so much like Jeff Tate, uh, it it sounds kind of a like a knockoff, you know, it's yeah. like you know it's not him, but it sounds like him, and so I don't sure. know. Um, for me, I think I think Maiden maybe did the right thing. I don't know if if Blaze was exactly the, the right person to do it with, but uh, I think they did the right thing in going with with someone that was completely different, so that there wouldn't be that kind of uh, of comparison. You know, uh, was he trying to sound like Bruce? You know, like if they had gone for someone like a lot of people mentioned. You know, oh, well, they should have gone for Mikhail Kiska, for example. Yeah, he sounded exactly like. Bruce, but you know, what what would that have been like if not like uh, you know somebody who was trying to sound like Bruce, not like uh, you know a singer that was trying to be himself and and put his own personality into the band. So um, that's a really so, good yes. point. That mm -hmm. I've never really thought of it that way. But the way you just said that, mm -hmm. would, it almost makes me think Iron Maiden wasn't going to be a trying they weren't going to try to almost because like with judas priest did the same thing with ripper owens mm -hmm. it was like they were they almost you almost have to turn into a nostalgic band to say we're just gonna get someone else that sounds like him that can do it mm -hmm. and and hey the, the albums that they put out with todd latore are great with queen drag mm -hmm. and and the stuff with Ripper Owens wasn't as good just because they tried to go a different, a little bit weird or whatever. But, but it was like Iron Maiden just was like, you know, we're just going to keep forging this path. We're, we're a band. We're not going to try to copy what we had. And I think it's cool too, because when, when they got Bruce back in the band, he was like, look, I'm interested, but I don't want to be a nostalgic act. I want to keep mm -hmm. moving forward. And, and they've done it, which is, Brings yeah. it full circle, man. There, it's, it's makes it makes you really appreciate how awesome. Whether you've just gotten back into Iron Maiden in the last year or or not, I mean, it just mm -hmm. makes you realize how unique and how honest to what they want to be they are. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I was amazed when when I, uh, you know, when I uh, realized that, you know, they were still, you know, going at <laughs> it. They were still making new music. They were still, you know, going strong, touring, uh, you know, uh, writing uh, about, you know, all these interesting themes that they write about. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I thought it was amazing when most of the bands that I used to listen to, you know, back then are, are gone or, as you said, they're just nostalgia acts or... You know, um, yeah, it's, oh, yeah, it's just amazing what they have accomplished. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. 
okay, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna edit this thing I'm saying right here out, but okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and end this here and everything, but I'll hit the stop button and then I'm not going to hang up just on the first second. So you can just hang tight for just a second if you want to. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Well, Alejandra, I just got to say, I mean, sorry, Alejandra. Mm-hmm. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk and I really appreciate it. It's really cool getting to talk to you because I know we chat on Twitter and everything, but thank yes. you very much for taking the time to come on here and tell your story and, and talk maiden and metal. Thank you for having me. I mean, I, I, you know that I was a little hesitant at the beginning about, you know, writing to you and telling you my story because I've never met any members of the band and I've never been <laughs> at a, you know, at a pivotal moment, you know, in the sure. in the story of the band or uh, or been to a, you know, one of those concerts that, you know, where, where something, uh, you know, surprising yeah. or, or amazing has happened. But, um, you know, what I have is is opinions and, I, and a great love for, for the band and and here i am <laughs> yeah well and you listen to the music and and for me i've it's the same i've never met him i've never been to any super pivotal shows or anything like that but i like lo- i love the music and the music is amazing so so there's the amazing part you've dealt with <laughs> yes but yeah thank you but really thank you very much for taking the time i appreciate it thank you well there you have it another iron maiden story is in the books again i would like to thank Alejandra for taking the time to tell her story. I hope that you've enjoyed it as much as I did. So on behalf of myself, Alejandra from Iron Maiden, from Eddie and from the boys. Things in life are bad They can really make you mad Other things just make you swear and curse When you're chewing on life's gristle That grumble Give a whistle And this'll help things turn out for the best And Always look on the bright side of life Always look on the light side of life If life seems jolly rotten There's something you've forgotten And that's to laugh and smile and dance and sing When you're feeling in the dumps Don't be silly chumps Just purse your lips and whistle That's the thing Always look on the bright side of life It's quite absurd And death's the final word You must always face the curtain with a bow Forget about your seat Give the audience a grin Enjoy it, it's your last chance anyhow So always look on the bright